Hello and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast. Hey. The discussion is always on titties, penises, samurai swords, guns, violence. Maybe not gun violence. That's a little sensitive. Yeah, no, I'm, okay. I'm not a fan strike of that. that. Strike yeah, that. None of that. Strike that. Knives uh, only. Yes. Peace and love. Or knives only. Yeah. Samurai swords only. There you go. I like it. See, with a blade, you got to be personal. You can't. Yeah. Like you can't just like put on a mask and pop it off. You got to yeah. look them dead in the you eyes. Duel. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a baby on your back with a mirror on its head. Or a guitar. Or a guitar. That would be a great costume. You just have the baby in the bag and you have the mirror attached to its head and everyone would have to know. Uh, I think that's a little obscure for a costume. Ah, we'll see. Uh, I'll try it out. Anyway, I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Snyder. With me as always... I'm Gabriel Mara. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, Ryan. It's a we're having a like one of my favorite things, a beautiful spring day in the middle of February, but also it's kind of like it's a cruel tease because it's gonna be cold next thing you know it again. Yeah. I'm still Very here sure. in Pennsylvania, by the way, guys. Still. Yeah, I made some questionable purchases that may have depleted my funds. So we'll see how that goes. You and buying hookers and I know. methamphetamine. I just wanna own them is a the thing, Ryan. Why can't I own a human? Uh, Are there laws against this or something? Pass. Okay, it's fine. Whatever. All right. Things Ryan can't respond to because he's white. Yep. Yep. <laughs> very, very, very good of you, Ryan. Yeah. No. Very politic. Yeah, very politic. Very, very politico. Yeah, I don't like making politics. That's statements. That's okay. That's fine. I thought this was a right only wing in, podcast. Only, no. Only no. on slow readers? Only on slow readers is it a right wing I podcast. I like it. We are a Top Gout Radio production. Fuck you, Danny. Fuck you, Danny. Yum. Ryan, what's new with you? How's life? Life's good. Just same old, same old. Mm-hmm. You know? How are you? Just you, same thing. Hanging out, doing stuff, uh, working hard, sort of, playing yeah. video games. It's just, just, just living it, my man. Yeah. Sipping on this fine wine. Yes. Delicious. 19 Crimes. The Uprising. Oh. These Aussies and their reds. Very interesting. I'm really into Australian reds lately for some reason. Yeah. There's a really nice... Like, I can afford to be a douchebag. Hey. Well, yeah, no, we're professionals. There's a nice sweet sourness to it. I get almost like a pruny quality out of it. Mm. Like, I get, you know, it's it's great, but it's so much drier, but also having a full jammy body to it. Get a couple sips in and get those nice, like, warm, like, rum notes. Mm. A little caramely. You gotta coat your mouth. Mm-hmm. Big fan. I wonder Kevin. if listeners think we're talking out of our asses. No, actually, Ryan and I have... Not advanced palates, but it's our. It was my job. Anyway, we have good palates. We know what we're talking about. So, sex and violence approved. Nineteen crimes. The uprising. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah. So I guess it's been a little. It's, it's been, been a, a little while. while since we've recorded. It's been a while. It's been. It's been a while. Yeah. Or as I say to Danny these days, has it not been quite some time? It has been quite some time since it's just been like you and I here. Yeah, we were gonna have the full on like big setup, but then. Robots. Yeah. 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 Fucking robots in space, man. We'll figure this shit out. I'm, I'm not being taken down by an old robot. Yeah, you'll do it. You're, yeah. you're a smart guy. Yeah. I'm like one of those guys who karate chops robots. Mm-hmm. Smarter Magnus, than the average bear. Magnus, robot fighter. Not familiar with it. Um, it, it was a cart- uh, comic from the 70s. Zap Brannigan's costume is based off of it. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll have to do some late night research on this tonight. Magnus Robot Fighter. Check it out. Magnus Robot Fighter. We also have geek cred. So for any of you who have never listened to our show before, know that Ryan and I are professionals. Professional palette people and mm-hmm. professional nerds. Well, triple P's and professional nerds. Yeah. So 
Yes, Ryan. We did a movie this week. We did a movie. One that we've been talking about for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been talking about specifically for a while. me. Yeah, you've uh, you've been trying to push this for the show since early Probably days. minute one. Yeah, early days. This is a movie I like to force on to people because I just know they're gonna like it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yep, I think it's one of those things where there's nothing objectionable about it unless you're a racist or you don't like subtitles. Yeah. And again, this is like the the one thing I hate about people is like people not wanting to watch foreign film because they have to do a little bit of reading. Like, come on, people. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, you'll, you'll adjust <laughs> in the first five minutes. Yeah, it's fine. It's fun. You and you know what? If a movie loses you because you can't read it too fast, then the movie might not be. It might be doing you a disservice, and that's fine. But get your fucking shit together, people. Come on. Yeah, just read a little bit. I ended a friendship with someone because he told me that black and white films are boring. Wow. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Clerks? Yeah, right? Oh my god. I think people always think it's like old-timey, like 1950s black and white. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe you're not into like the 50s like kind of shit like that. But like yeah. black and white, like mm-hmm. there's... Just shut up. What about Logan in black and white? Oh, I still want to watch it that it's way. It's really cool. Yeah, didn't you say you and Danny watched it? Yeah, we started watching it. It's so... It, that's a fucking great movie. Yeah. Real shame that, uh, that Jackman didn't get nominated. Yeah. No, I think that would have been worthwhile. Yeah. It's not going to get Hey, it's been a good year for movies. Anyway, we did a movie. Yeah. Ryan, do you want to introduce what this movie is? We did 2000 and... Oh, yeah, we got it. Yeah. We got it. Six. 2006. <laughs> Ryan and I are doing sign language. The host. Or, as it's known in Korea, Goyemul. monster. Yeah, Goyemul. Goyemul. It means monster. Okay. Directed by Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of this movie. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown. Hey! And let's, uh, let's chit-chat. Okay. Uh, so Let's break it down, Ryan. Beginning of this movie, there's like these two dudes. Oh, trailer. Oh, yeah, go. Mr. Kim, formaldehyde. Dirty formaldehyde. Pour him into the sink. still alive why didn't you contact the police or the military a human rights organization something
Oh, it's in su- it's in a foreign language. Oh. I'll, I'll cut it short. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, two dudes who are working in like a morgue. I'm guessing that's a morgue that looks or, like a morgue. Some, I think it's some kind of a. It's a military hospital in okay. Korea. Okay. So I guess there probably would be in the morgue, considering they're dealing with formaldehyde. Yes. Um, crazy white man is telling the lovely. Korean man yep. who is trying to follow the rules is lowly underling to dump all the formaldehyde down the drain. He's protesting, saying, "No, it's going to end up in the Han River." He's like, "Yeah, fuck it, I don't care." There's and dust the on the bottles. It, there's dust on the bottles. Fucking fucking old white dudes, dude. I don't know. See, I'll argue against this because mm-hmm. I remember uh, growing up, my parents were big fans of country music. Mm-hmm. There's a particular song uh, that is like the chorus is like, it "Might be a little dust on the bottle," about a guy giving a bottle of wine to somebody. And it's, uh, what's the rest of it? It's one of those things that gets better with time. Formaldehyde, too, man, just gets better with time. But doesn't that make more sense? Yeah. I think that the older the formaldehyde is, the crisper the body. Yeah, I agree. I want to be cremated, so I don't know. know. Ryan, did you know that apparently it's illegal to spread ashes? Really? Yeah, um, I discovered this. Um, The professor took me on a pleasant walk to the local cemetery because a famous poet is buried there. And apparently you're not not really allowed to spread ashes, but then again, fuck them. Yeah, like, how many people have ever been arrested for that? Yeah, are they going to stop me? Whatever. Yeah, well, you've seen there's, um, it might have been, I don't know which football team it was. I think it was the Eagles where a guy ran out of the field to, like, throw his mother's ashes on the field. That's lovely. Yeah. I'm I'm all for it. And I think he probably just got arrested for running onto the field, not yeah, disturbing the DTP. Yeah, one of those bullshit trespassing things. something yeah. or something ridiculous. Some but the crime charge. wasn't spreading it, laying someone to rest. Yes, um, back to it. Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. So they dump quite a few bottles. Yeah, it looks like a hundred or more. Yeah, just down the drain. I I want, I'm curious if this formaldehyde actually does that, like steam it up. It smokes. Yeah, I would wonder. I don't know what formaldehyde looks like. Isn't that, but like, you go to like, um, this is rather morbid as well. Uh, when I was a child, they have the, the, you know, the Allentown like fish hatchery. Yeah. You've been there? Mm-hmm. Okay. The inside, they have like the, the little dead baby deer in the jar. Isn't that formaldehyde? Yes. That it would have to be. Yeah. I guess it's kind of clearish. Ryan, fun fact for my friend's local history class in senior year of high school, he had to make a kind of travel documentary thing. Mm-hmm. So we did an amusing one about the fish hatchery. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to go back there. I remember that being quite, kind of fun. It's cute. You just buy some fish for you to feed the yeah, fishes. Throw them it's out. fun. Yeah. It smells awful, but that's okay. It's fish. Yeah, it's fish. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah. cool don't eat fish if you can handle smell. That's why I don't eat fish. Oh, Ryan. Sorry. I'm not a fish guy. I don't know. We'll find you a fish. No, you won't. <laughs> Take it back. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we cut to a couple years later where there's two guys fishing and little thing swims by. Like, mm-hmm. how many... Like how many tails does it have? That's, that's weird. Time. And then we switch forward a few more years, where a guy's about to jump off a bridge and see something in the water, and then jumps off and that he dies. Yep. And then a few years later, we're introduced to we're starting to get introduced oh, to. I think our, it's that year. Is it? Is well, it like, like um, the guy in the bridge is 06. Okay, so later that year when Probably. it's nice out. Because it wasn't raining in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so later that year. We have our... I'm going to forget all their names because I, I just can't remember sure. three words. So help me out. We have you our, can just call them the dad. Um, the sister, the brother, the daughter, and the grandpa. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So we're introduced first to our the dad, who yeah. is... Oh. His name is Hebong. Okay. They never say his name, though. He's just dad. Were they screaming at him, though? His family. Oh, they, they say his him. name. The, the dad? 
Yeah. They never say he bong in the movie. I swear they do. Oh, sorry, the granddad. My bad. Oh, oh. No, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting about that. The grandfather's name's Hebong. The dad is Gangdu. Okay, yep. Or Gangdu. <clears throat> so I guess the, the grandfather and the dad are the ones we meet first. Mm-hmm. The dad is sleeping on the job. Yeah. Operating his, like, local... He has, like, a, like, a shitty bleach job. He's yeah. just passed out. He looks like a, a slob. Yeah, he's a slovenly mm-hmm. father. Yeah. Uh, but loving in his way. Yeah. Stupid, loving, yeah. good heart. Um, so he's sleeping on the job. His grandpa, or grandpa, his father... Uh, throws shit at him to wake him up. <clears throat> His daughter's coming home from school. Uh, he did not attend the parents' day. Mm-hmm. He sent his brother, uh, the uncle, in his yes. place, and he was drunk at the career day thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were... Even though he's a college graduate, Ryan. Yeah. <gasps> uh, I'm one of those, maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know how many scenes I need to like get to, but like, mm-hmm. uh, so we're like introduced to the dad and how he's like kind of a lazy guy. Like, oh, you need to like make the squid for this uh, table or this yeah. mat over he's here. He's a slacker. And he just kind of like picks a piece off and starts eating it. Mm-hmm. And then they go inside to watch the the aunt, the sister, in her uh, bow and arrow archery competition, competition yes. which she gets like a bullseye, and then she takes her time on the last shot and gets third place instead mm-hmm. of arguably could have gotten first. Yeah. And then Namsu. Bad stuff starts to happen. Oh, yeah. Bad stuff. In really one of the best sequences, I think, in all of movies. Oh, the uh, first reveal of the monster? Yes. Okay. I think that... Uh, so a lot of people write about this movie. Um, I saw this movie in theaters in 06. I happened to catch it randomly. I started reading The Village Voice in Brooklyn. Okay. And I saw that it was playing. I heard reviews of it. I took my friend to see it. And I remember seeing this movie in the big screen. And... I don't remember ever seeing something like this before. You know, most people write about this movie talking about how most monster movies or horror films, like take Jaws, you don't see Jaws full view like ever, basically. Jaws is kind of in shadow. I mean, they had to for Spielberg cost reasons. Yeah. But what this movie does, balls out, is in the first 20 minutes, you see the fucking monster full light multiple times. You get to see all angles of it raising fucking hell on this beachfront. Okay, I will. I mean, you know, I'm going to start with one of my first minor quibbles. I don't mm. like the way the monsters rendered in the movie. No, it kind of like it's jarring how it the CGI job of it is like mm-hmm. not great. I think that's budgetary reasons. I can understand that. I'm just and, that's and my only minor quibble. That's kind of my problem with this next movie, the one's currently on Netflix, Okja, mm-hmm. where I think that the monster does not look very real, and okay. it kind of takes me out. I would like, I'd be like, it's been ten years, man. Couldn't you do a little bit better than that? Yeah. Um, I like the way I love the way the monster looks, and it looked really good back in 06. Okay. To be fair. I'll take it. Um. So yeah, the monster starts mm-hmm. just wreaking havoc. Uh, there's an American soldier there who gets his arm ripped off, mm-hmm. and then the daughter of dad. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's, sure. That, that, see that was a dumb statement. Yeah. <laughs> the, daughter the daughter of dad, uh, gets taken by the monster, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it looks like she's been eaten, and then. They're asked to evacuate their little town. Yeah. They're put in a, like, isolation, kind of, and then asked, you know, who's coming into contact with the monster? Mm-hmm. And Dad, who is just a complete dumbass, just, like, raising his hands, like, uh, I didn't, like, you know, get anything, mm-hmm. but I got the blood of the monster on my yeah. face. But that's when the family reunites. At, yes. Like, they're at, like, an auditorium. With all, it's kind of like a, a mass, Which is a like, scene you like quite Yeah, a bit. I love it so much. Where it's, um, it's where you first meet the, the aunt and the uncle, mm-hmm. where they arrive, because they're just, like, and then there's that amazing thing what Bong, Bong Joon-ho does, is 
like it's such a sad scene but it's also made hilarious by the fact they're all fighting each other like physically and screaming and crying and rolling all over the floor mm-hmm. See, people fall down in this movie and it's funny like why the fuck are you taking pictures of us as everyone's mm-hmm. you know trying to like capture this sad yeah. moment they're trying to like uh, memorialize the, mm-hmm. the daughter because they, yeah. they are in the belief that she's dead the movie's always acting and reacting to something going on in the background it's awesome yeah it's pretty cool um so yeah, he raises his hands as he got blood in his face and they put him in a bag mm-hmm. and ship him and the rest of the family off to the hospital where dad gets a phone call from the daughter. Mm. Uh-oh. From her shitty cell phone. Yeah, from her shitty cell phone that she bitched about. Yes. Um, so yeah, he's mm. under the belief that she's still alive. Doctors won't believe him. So dad, uh, grandpa calls a, like a fixer company. Yeah. A comp- not some company, thugs. Some yeah. thugs to pick them up from the hospital, get them weapons, a map of the sewer systems because uh, the daughter had said like, "Hey, I'm, I'm in a big sewer. I'm a big sewer. It's scary. It's small. Blah blah blah. Or it's big." She said mm-hmm. it's big, and yeah, they are taken out and they get a new like sanitation truck that lets yeah. them get past the security of the government, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. mean the government has shut down the beach, apparently because the U.S. government and the Korean government kind of like block off the beach because apparently there's a virus that the monster's carrying supposedly sergeant donald the white guy had the virus and died and uh supposedly gangdu has the virus yeah so the beach closed off for quarantine okay yep um so yeah they escape and they start going looking through the sewers for the daughter mm-hmm. uh then we get uh introduced to like our kind of like minor character of the little boy that comes in with his uh, fake older brother mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of like street they're urchins. In the very beginning as well. Yes. This movie's really clever. Are they in the beginning? In the open. So when Gangdu wakes up in the fir- in the first shot of present day, when Gangdu wakes up, um, the little boy, his head oh. reaches into the oh, thing. Oh, he's the one. Oh, yeah. Okay. And also the little girl whose arm he accidentally grabbed walks by the stand. This oh, movie. Cool. This movie rewards rewatches, and it's a fun enough movie that you can rewatch it over and over again. I will probably be doing that. Yeah, this movie breezes by too. I think yeah, it's 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 fun. I interrupt you. Go on. No, it's alright. There's there, I speak to that. There's no scenes that are wasted, mm-hmm. and everything serves a purpose. Every scene is almost like a short film in itself, mm-hmm. and I think that's an amazing thing. I think that's what any good director should strive for. Every scene should strike a purpose. It should have a beginning, middle, and end. Something memorable about it. And every scene is memorable. Yeah. Zack Snyder. Oh Jesus again. Yep. Oh. Always Zack Snyder. Apparently he's been, uh, like, they're saying he was actually fired. Oh. That's just my minor internet readings mm. last week. Yeah, the plot mm. thickens. Oh, pulling a, pulling a Disney. Disney did that? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. You know, cutting yeah. your losses. Oh, sorry, I got Marvel, Disney, yep. that whole thing. Okay, so yeah, we get uh, reintroduced to the, the little boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they break into the con- like convenience store shack that yeah. the family owns. Snack shack. And they are taking food. The little boy says, let's take the money, but the older brother's like, no, that's stealing. We're just yeah. doing uh, whatever this Korean word is. CLV. Yeah, which is borrowing or something. Yeah, it's, based it's the on right the children's of the game. hungry. Yes. So, it's, it's, I think every scene in this movie especially, everyone has a little bit of dialogue that makes them human. And I think it's, it's like the American Werewolf in London thing. Anyone who has a line says something interesting enough to probably be a full character. Yes. Like, like, and you like, it's like, oh, the older brother, he's not a thief. He's just hungry. He won't let the little kid steal money. Yeah. And the kid throws it back because he respects him. And they only take enough to get them through. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're ransacking the whole place. It's exactly. just we just need enough for us because we're hungry. Month. Yes. yes. So, all that nonsense happens. Uh, older brother gets killed. 
Or no, yeah, I guess he's Granddad dead. gets killed. No, no, no. The older the, the oh, that uh, older brother the, that gets. older brother gets killed, and the little boy gets taken and dropped off with the uh, daughter in the, in, the, in the sewers. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're still searching all around town, and then they the the family, <clears throat> and they are so like the dynamic between the siblings is so fun. It's so fun, and they're so funny. They're all individuals who all talk differently. Yeah, like it, it's such distinct personalities. Like you know, you get the the sibling rivalry kind of thing between mm-hmm. all three of them. You know, when they're uh, getting picked up by the fixers, it's like they're yelling at the sister. She was always so slow. <laughs> you're, you're always it's like, come on, idiot, hurry up! Yeah, you left your sister. Yeah, it looks like it's like watching a sitcom on an angry, like an angry arguing family who loves each other, except there's a monster involved. Yes, um, so while they're searching, they uh, they run into the monster again and they start shooting. Um, they're trying to run away, and the grandpa says, "Like you guys go, I'm gonna go. I got one shot left." Mm-hmm. As he goes to like pull the trigger, he pulls the trigger, and it's empty. And one of my favorite moments, I actually laughed at it. But it's not supposed to be like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be sad because you know what's coming next after he does that. But you go back to the dead figure, and he's like counting on his fingers, and he's like, you just see his face, and he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he was the one who I gave miscounted. him the gun after yeah. all. But I, I think that's what's great about this movie. Even when it's scary and sad, it's still funny because that's life. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was 100% intentional. You're supposed to laugh with sort of shock and like, gun do. You can't fucking do anything right. Yeah. You told your dad there was one shot left, and you fucked it up. Yeah, and I just love that they go back to him counting on his fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, Visual storytelling, yeah. Zach. Gabriel. I was just saying. Um, so dad gets killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done. Straight up killed. Yeah, straight up killed. Just smacked around with the tail, mm-hmm. and his head's busted. Uh, Uncle and sister make their getaway. And dad is captured, mm-hmm. and... They run some test experiments on him. Mm-hmm. They, which we were actually talking about, like, do they actually give him a lobotomy? Because I'm like, that looks kind of like dangerous. But he doesn't act lobotomized afterwards. I think it's like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. just gonna take a sample of your brain. Yeah. But it's still got this big fucking mark on his head. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just maybe it wasn't a lobotomy. Maybe that's just what we're imagining. It's just like, oh, well, they say frontal lobotomy, don't they? That, maybe, they just say frontal lobe. Frontal lobe. I guess they're just kind of like drilling into his head. Yeah. So here we split it up where we just see like different scenes of the siblings trying to find the daughter figure. Hyunseo. And uh, the brother is like, he trusts a friend to like get him in so he can track the phone. Mm-hmm. And the friend kind of like sold him out for like extra money because yeah. he has sixty to $70,000 in credit card debt. Another bit of wonderful character dialogue from somebody you never see again. Hey, how, how much is tax on a, on, on a reward? Yeah. And the guy's like, oh yeah, um, the way of tax works. And you're like, what the... F- yeah, I yeah. love this. Like, these guys are regular dudes who are like, they have their own lives. Everyone's mm-hmm. a person. Yeah. Everyone has, like you said, even with like a throwaway line, it's mm-hmm. it's not something like a character be like, hey, where's the, can I make a left here? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can make a left. It's like actual funny dialogue coming yeah. from characters. Real, mm-hmm. real dialogue. Like, I, I think it would, the lazy written version of that would be, how much is the reward again? And they just like, they, they'd reiterate information that you already know or don't care about. Mm-hmm. Instead, we get some character. It buys um, Nam Il, that's the uncle, some time. And also we get to like these characters a tiny bit, even though they're about to yep. betray their friend. And they said like, uh, when you're going out there to capture him, be careful. Like he's a, like an escape artist. Yeah. And he pulls him a guy move and just yeah. like slams uh, the paper clip onto a thing. Uh, into the plug. Yeah, Part of the plug. why the uncle is so kind of like whiny and annoying, and I love him, he's my favorite character, is because 
apparently during periods of social unrest in Korea, when he was in college, he spent most of his time, like, protesting. Mm -hmm. And, like, just, you know, that's why he knows how to make Molotov cocktails and fuck of shit. He was, like, a little... I think he might have been, like, a little baby anarchist type. Yeah. And he ended up, you know, un an unemployed graduate. Yeah, an unemployed alcoholic mm -hmm. college grad. Yeah. Uh, and then we're switching around to... Uh, after he delivers the information of where they can find the daughter, then uh, he calls his sister. Mm -hmm. And uh, the sister goes to try and find it. She can't do it. So she ends up calling the uh, original, uh, the Dandu. dad. Um, and that's when we get to like the lobotomy shit. And then everything kind of coalesces on like the one scene. All the all the characters end up where they need to be. Um, they converge at the one Hyo Bridge. Yes. Where the, um, Why don't you Korean... take it from here? Because I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> Ryan, you have a deep, beautiful, melodic voice. Thank you. Uh, it would be even better if we got the microphones to work. But let's not spill over cried milk. So they all converge at the One Hill Bridge, where apparently the American and Korean governments have teamed up to destroy any like any elements of the fake virus. The U.S. government knows it's a fake virus where they're dropping a thing called Agent Yellow, which is hardly subtle, but that's fine. And it's blasting air all over the place. Protesters are getting choked over it. They're trying to fight it out. And the police are trying to, like, maintain order. And then uh, the monster appears at the thing, gets blasted at the gas, and all the siblings gather at once to where it happens. The monster's kind of writhing around, and Gang Du, the dad, he manages to pull uh, poor Hyun Seo and her little friend out of the, out of the mouth. And after all this, it turns out that it was the gas that killed poor Hyun Seo. And then, kick-ass battle between the siblings, random homeless guy, and the monster ensues. Which is another like, funny little visual moment with throwing mm -hmm. the Molotov cocktails, you know, his homeless friend's dumping the gasoline on the monster, he's got one left. And mm -hmm. every, every movie, what do you expect? That yeah. that last bullet is gonna hit. And then mm -hmm. he throws the, he goes to throw the bottle and, he and fucking it drops behind it. Him. Yeah, like, like oh, it's, it's such wonderful directing. And it's like, he just, he just dropped, he's like, Bong Joon-ho manipulates you, he plays you like a violin watching mm -hmm. this movie. And he drops the thing and you see the disappointment and the fuck! Yeah. It's face and then uh nam su just steps in arrow into the flames and fucking gets the beast right in the eye of the flaming arrow yep that's another one of those things like i watched too many movies in the beginning of the movie like if she would have just you know pulled it she could have mm -hmm. won i was like can't wait to see that as the closing fucking yep. line um gang du has adopted the uh, little boy seju who hyun seo befriended and they kind of this he's grown up he got him. He fixes hair, and he now runs a snack stand. He just is. He and a little kid, little boy, are now a little happy family. Yeah. Where while Gangdu watches over the Han River with a loaded gun, ready for the monster to ever return. The end. Very Jeepers Creepers two ending. Yes, and the listeners, we may have told you the whole movie, but see this thing. It's not on Netflix anymore, which broke my heart. But it's like two ninety nine to run on Amazon. Yeah, it's cheap, and it's such a good movie. Ryan, your feelings on. The host, not it's, the Saoirse Ronan movie. Okay, not that one. No, no, not that one. This one's pretty fucking great. Um, the family, I, I like a family dynamic kind of thing. Like I said to you, it's like, it's Korean Scooby-Doo with an yeah. actual monster. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the, the dynamic and the vibe. Like, I love the dad, because like, that's my favorite character. Because I, I told you while we were watching it, I love a... A dumbass with a good heart. Yeah. And he is such a dumbass, but he tries to do the right thing mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And that's what makes him so charming and endearing to me. Yeah. He's failing because he's just not good at things. Yeah. yeah like he, he means only the best, and he's just not a good talker. He doesn't kick ass. But he also 
fights to do the right thing. Like in the initial, I love, I really, I can't talk enough about how much I love that first monster scene where he's wreaking havoc. Mm-hmm. We learn so much information and so much excitement. And you see that Gung Du is a kind of guy or some woman screaming, please help my child. He's stuck, in, he's stuck inside that house with the monster. Gung Du is going to try. He can't do much, but he's going to try. Yeah. And that's so wonderful about that character, that he is brave, but he's also a moron. Yes. We were talking about uh, before the movie. How how badly do you think an American version of this would be? Like, how badly would they fuck it up? Pretty, pretty badly. You would need an exceptionally creative director I to have fun. I think I know who, if it ever came, who should do it. Who is it? Because the characters, as they're written and as they're portrayed in the 2006 Korean version, only one man has, in my opinion... The chops. The chops, and characters... Has written characters with similar attributes. Okay. And that man would be Shane Black. Hmm. I could see that, perhaps. My feeling was that he wouldn't be a good visual director for it, but I would love to see what... I I would want it to be an utterly bizarre take on it. Mm -hmm. You get the guy who did Arrested Development to do it, Mitch Hurwitz. Okay. But that's the kind of dynamic that I recognize in this. You have siblings who... Under, like obviously love each other but they also are so different and they're always like ripping on each other mm-hmm. and then you have a father figure family, like parents who are kind of weird and they have high stakes so let's see what what the comedy of that movie would be what would the visual weird notes of it be yes I think a Shane Black movie would be really really good but I, don't, I, I can't picture it we'll see, no. what the, we'll see what the predator turns out like yeah I'm interested for that yeah, I, I, I think the only reason I would want, like, a remake is because I want more of this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just want more of the director. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it's really good. Like, there's very few times where it's like, uh, I want to see more from whoever did this. Mm-hmm. Did he write this as well? I'm pretty sure he did. Let's okay. find out. Because it's an interesting premise, and the way that the, he write, writes these characters, it's fun. And it's we keep talking about the family dynamic, and that really is the heart and soul yeah, of this he, whole thing. he helped write this movie. That's awesome. He, like, Bong Joon-ho is an excellent excellent visual director in case you couldn't tell by my jizzing all over his face yeah he or letting him jizz over my face he makes i think this is only his third movie too really his first one is this kind of bizarre bleak movie that i could never get through about killing dogs oh. in a romantic way i don't know how he pulls it off there's it starts with him with, a, with the protagonist torturing a dog and i think the point of that is to be is to be like hey we're not pulling any punches but apparently it's a sweet movie, and I just I never gave it a chance because it was too much for me. Yeah. Well, have you seen Snowpiercer? I've not. Is this the same guy? Same guy. Okay. I've so, heard people so, are pretty mixed on that. Oh, I love Snowpiercer. Okay. I think that's a great movie. I think you get behind it. Okay. Um, thinking man, thinking woman, sex sub, um, sex symbol. Ed Harris is in it. Ooh. Also, I believe the dad and the daughter are also in Snowpiercer. Okay. As a dad and daughter. Okay. So it's a really great, like, Snowpiercer's a great movie. Um, film spotting, oh, by the way, Ryan, film spotting madness is coming up. I heard, I was just listening I'm to them so last excited. night. Yeah, they're, so, I'm actually a little upset because they're doing uh, the, the, 90s. the 90s. Yeah. Um, I hope they take Pulp Fiction out of that race. Well, they'd have to take Pulp Fiction and Goodfellas out because they had those in Pantheon last year. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I think like Pulp Fiction will run away with that contest. So, listeners, if you're not familiar with Film Spotting, it's a wonderful film podcast where they do a March Madness about movies. Yeah, it's great for people who do not give a fuck about basketball. College basketball. I love basketball. I hate yeah, college basketball. Yeah, I've done. I've actually played uh, for like the last like two or three years, mm-hmm. and it's always fun. I, I I liked last year's, but last year's kind of pissed me off with the way that I think a lot of people who do that vote on what they think like critical. Like they mm-hmm. don't vote their favorite; they vote what critic they think critics would want to win, and that's the way I. That's the only downside of uh, films by that kind of pisses me off. It could be a little, a little too slightly pretentious for my tastes. Works for me. Uh, yeah, but there's also like moments in it where I'm really happy to hear the their opinions and mm-hmm. how they discuss it. And if it's super pretentious for you, for you people, you got us. Yeah, we're here. You for can you. listen to Sex and Violence. Yes, the blue collar punk rock movie podcast. Exactamundo. Yes. Oh, uh, where were we? Oh, Bong Joon Ho. Yes. So. Yeah, um, right up your fucking alley is his second movie, mm. Memories of Murder. Essentially, link to it. Yes. It stars Song Kang Ho, who is also he's the dad in this movie. Mm-hmm. Song Kang Ho is actually a really highly respected um, Korean actor. He's imagined like uh, this is a like maybe like a John C. Riley type that he's capable oh, of, of being drama. of doing like heavy PTA drama. He's a wonderful dramatic actor, but he's also capable of being very very funny. Like in this movie, he's capable of being slapstick. I should never made that, ever thought about the comparison before. Let's do a recast um, after, at the end of this thing, because I think that would be fun. Okay. Who would be that family? All right. That would be cool. Anyway, um, so, uh, see Memories of Murder. It's okay. An, it's a police procedural that takes place in the 80s before there was, like, forensics. A lot of the same cast in this as well. And you said they're, they're a serial killer angle yeah. with it? Okay. So it's all about a serial killer in a small town in Korea. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's, Danny, I like serial killers. That's right, Daniel. Who's fucked up publish, like publishing our show three weeks in a row? Oh really? Oh no! Um, he didn't. He didn't mess up my Grady Valentine, but oh. the three episodes before that. Oh okay. That gotcha. Fucking goober. What a guy. What a guy. He's been sick. It's fine. Yeah. But Memories of Murder is great. Um, Song Kang Ho plays the dad, Gang Du. He plays like the heavy small town cop mm-hmm. who just beats people up, and he just kind of acts like a funny asshole. And then uh, a city cop comes in, and he's kind of like, "No, we need to have." investigative like procedure yeah so it's a fucking great movie about that Bong Joon-ho is a phenomenal visual director I don't think he gets enough acclaim honestly yeah I feel like like, if anyone knows any Korean film it's probably Old Boy for very good reason yes Um, Park Chan-wook is amazing but I think that for my money, the the director who makes more fun movies, that are accessible movies, I can show the host to anyone. I think, and I agree. anyone would enjoy this movie. I can't show Handmaiden, and I can't show Old Boy to just anyone. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, they're two drastically different movies, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're Old Boy's pretty fun. Handmaiden's just a longer watch, and like not a tough watch, but it it takes a minute to get yeah, into it. You have to commit to it. Yeah. Still good though. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, but people, so people know we love this movie. I yeah, love it's, it's this fucking, fucking movie with my whole heart. It's probably in my top twenty. Oh really? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I have a soft, soft sense, like sentimental spot for it for nostalgia, mm-hmm. but also I think this is a virtually perfect movie. I think if their budget was ten million more, the monster would look even better, but. Probably. I think that that's okay. It doesn't need to look perfect. I think there is. I love every scene, every character, every bit of dialogue, and I think it's a I think it's a virtually perfect movie. Just like Roadhouse and Dirty Dancing. Actually, no, Dirty Dancing, not Roadhouse. Roadhouse is not perfect. Yeah, this is actually a pretty perfect movie. There's not really anything I would 
change other than like I just wish you had more money like you said to like yeah. do a better version of the monster yeah, but in 2006 they can't help that yeah yeah it's the no, best that wasn't you could their hope fault. for yeah they yeah. did the best they could yeah probably the company that made it is uh, the orphanage of California they also did the creature effects for Pan's Labyrinth never saw it uh, I've, I've had it recommended to me numerous times over the years I think you'd like it Ryan it's brutal Yep. Brutal in a way that's different from sex and violence brutal. This is emotional devastation amidst oh. horrible, like, pointless, cruel acts of violence. You watch a movie and you're like, no, please don't do this. Please, please, please don't do this. And then they do it mm. and your heart breaks and you understand why they're doing it. But this Pan's Labyrinth will break your heart. That's how I've been feeling about watching Black Mirror lately. Mm. Have you ever watched that? I watched the first season and I liked it plenty. I, I like it a lot, but like it like leaves you emotionally bereft. bereft. Like it's ugh. Yeah. I know I, I, I love a lot of I love dark things and I love upsetting things. Yeah. Paz Labyrinth is a movie that I have watched once, thought it was a fucking achievement. Don't really I'm in no rush to ever see it again. Okay. If I never see it again, that's fine. Okay. I'm highly affected by it, but I can't do it. Is it like um we were discussing um her in that same realm her I think that's a good hurt Pan's Labyrinth is bad hurt her, oh, okay. her I walk away and I'm like love is a mystery isn't it Pan's Labyrinth I'm like oh yeah life is pain everything's awful people hurt and abuse and kill each other not for no reason because they think they're right and there's nothing more upsetting than someone who knows they're right about hurting other people okay not to talk about gun violence in the nation hey hey girl hey. hey so we love this movie ryan before we go to break let's do let's let's have some fun with this okay let's whitewash the cast let's whitewash this cast because you got to do it let's say it's what, what do you think it'd be like maybe not as big a town they're in seoul so that would be like new york mm-hmm. so it'd be like by i don't know the fucking east river okay off brooklyn so there's enough, there's like, you can have the water, it's beautiful, you can hang out, people chill out in the river. Um, you'd have to redefine the, the wonderful political context of it, considering all the American intervention in Korea, mm-hmm. because that's underlying this whole movie. I think that's what makes it cool. There is a, there is a observational political agenda to this movie. It's not like, look at these fucking Americans. I put that in a French accent for some reason. Sounds better. Yeah, I think so. Because I don't want to do a fake Asian one, that'd be really weird. Yeah. I'm already Asian, so it's still weird. Yeah. But... I think that's essential to this movie. So let's not worry about fixing that. Let's say that there's something political about it. Let's say that the current administration made this happen somehow. Very so, believable. Yes. So who would you cast in this movie as your family? Ooh, are we gonna do like a back and forth here? Sure. Let's start with um, let's start with the main character, sort of Gang Du, the dad. Okay. Song Kang Ho. Who do you do? That's a, a nice kind of slacker type. I feel like if you go the route of the new. Um, of the frat pack, that's too easy. Mm-hmm. Like it's so, it'd be too easy to put like a Paul Rudd or a, a Seth Rogen here. Yeah, I think he can't be too handsome. Yeah, it's got to be someone not as traditionally handsome. Mm-hmm. Mm. My my go, I'm gonna stick with John C. Riley. Really, I think he'd be the right guy for it. John he could, C. Riley. He could be bumbling, but he's also an actor of great emotional depth. But I could see him. He he like imagine him his character from Step Brothers. Okay. If he became a dad and he was forced to awkwardly step up, 
And you know what? Maybe I'd keep the I'd keep double that casting. I would have uh, not to jump ahead. I say the dad's neck, the granddad's next. You have Richard Jenkins reunited with John C. Riley as father and son. Uh, I'm gonna take a different one for the grandfather. Mm. I'm gonna pull someone off the bench who's been okay. on the bench for a while. Let's do it. I'm gonna pull Rick Moranis out. Oh, he'd be fun. That'd be a wonderful like. Wait, who would be the who would be the dad to that to Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis is granddad. Yeah, Rick, Rick Moranis is the granddad, so we need the, the yeah, dad. Yeah, who's, okay. who's the dad character hmm. to Rick Moranis? Who's Rick Moranis' son? <sighs> this is a toughie. I've yeah. Back, I've painted myself in a corner here. Mm-hmm. Mm. I will edit out much silence. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this fine wine brought to you by 19 Crimes, The Uprising. Okay, wonderful. Um, I'm going to be silent for a moment, so go ahead and edit freely as you want. All right. Mm. I can't think of anyone who would be... Like I'm like jumping for, like John C. Riley. It's such an interesting choice. You don't think he's too old? He might be too old. I think like just for what, like fifty something. Okay, maybe 50, if I go 60. the other direction, that John C. Riley could be the granddad. Okay, and then you can go quite a bit younger. Yeah, he'd be he's like a younger. Who was a froofy haired or like, like, American kind of regular guy type who'd be good for hit? Like, let's say John C. Riley's the granddad. It's a much younger family. Mm-hmm. And who's dad? Well, for me anyway. You have your Rick Moranis. I don't know. For dad, for you. So to, to Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I love Richard Jenkins. That does skew a bit older. Hmm. I who think is John I, C. Riley's I son? I think I have my son. Okay, who is it? I, I want him a little bit scruffier. Mm-hmm. I want Keanu. Interesting. I feel like he could play dumbass again. Okay. Like Bill and Ted style. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can get like a nice dumbass out of him. That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. If you could bring bring him back to like being a little bit goofy, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. No, for now I'm gonna stick with Jenkins and John C. Riley. Okay. That's what I want. Okay. Because like I'm trying to think, I can't think of a son to John C. Riley other than going like Ben Schwartz, and he's too goofy. Okay. I don't think he has the acting chops either. So. You know, really, it'd be kind of easy to do. Maybe it'd be easier to just, like, a black cast. A black cast? Yeah. Yes. You get, like, you get, you know, like, you get your, like, barbershop kind of crew. You get, okay. like, Cedric, and you get, like, uh, and you get, um, Cube, and you get T. <laughs> barbershop. Yeah, you get, you get that kind of cast. It'd be fun. Just do that cast. Yeah. It'd be cool. All Michael right. B. Jordan as the, as let's call it, as the <laughs> uncle. Oh, but, okay, so let's stick it for white people for now. Okay. Um, who is your uncle? My uncle? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's got to be a little bit younger too, I guess. Yeah. It's got to be younger than Keanu. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have. I think I might have my sister. Okay. I'm gonna pull. A, sister, I'm then. gonna pull another weird one. Uh, someone who doesn't do a whole whole lot. Okay. Someone I I like a lot. Okay. But Danielle Harris. I like Danielle Harris. She'd be great for that. She's just kind of like chill. Yeah, just chilling out, shooting mm-hmm. archery. Yeah. Right? Okay, that's pretty cool. Hmm. So let's think of sister then. Who is a slightly younger peer to my C. Riley dad? Who is good? She has to have that kind of awesome intensity. I love Namsu. She's also a great character. Mm-hmm. Like, her physicality in this movie, that actor, is very different from everyone else. Like, one of my favorite exchanges is they're in the, they're in the tunnels, and they're, like, exhausted and arguing, and the, bro- and the uncle's bitching, as always. Yeah. And then um, she calls him out on it, and, you know, he, like, retaliates bradley, and she's like, well, you want to die? 
And then, like, the, the, then the granddad's like, everyone shut up, calm down! It's such a great family dynamic. Let's see, like... How about a, like, this is a really weird one, mm-hmm. but it would be, like, kind of give you that, like, prissy uppy, uppityness okay. compared to the, the dad figure. Mm-hmm. Like a, a Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, she'd be great. She'd be a great sister to him. To, for my John C. Riley. I guess also, could, would that work for Keanu? What's that? But would that work? Would, would Bryce Dallas Howard work for your Keanu? Um. Oh, I, I don't want to do it. I don't think you know it what? Would... Pratt would be a really good. Uh, he'd be great for the dad. Yeah. Yeah, that would be actually really fun. Okay. That's that's believable. That's totally believable. So actually, you know what? C. Riley's my dad. Sorry, Jenkins. Okay. C. Riley's my dad. Pratt's my. So C. Riley's my granddad. Pratt's my dad. And then let's reunite them because it feels so good. Either Karen Gillan for her sister, mm-hmm. for aunts, or um, or Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm going to go with Karen Gillan. Okay. That's interesting. So now we got all got left is the brother. Yeah, brother and the daughter, I suppose. I don't know daughter, I don't know enough yeah, young actresses. Yeah, I don't actresses. know enough young actresses. Maude um, uh, Maud, uh, Apatow. Sure. That's fine. I'll take fine. her too. Yeah, yeah that's she's great. You work great. Sure. Ah, oh, the brother. We need skew slightly younger. Slightly younger than our than our lead, who's someone a little bit like more intense. I'd have to take animal. like fifteen years younger than Keanu for mine. That would be like yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna look at like a good like five to ten. Like, Keanu's not a spring chicken anymore. I would take. I wonder if this is too young, but I would take like a Zac Efron. Interesting. I could see that maybe working. Yeah, because you get him, like, looking a little bit more younger and fit. Mm-hmm. And believable as a political activist. Yeah. I have, like, a nice Sandy Brown hair thing going, plus a redhead, which could be Sandy Brown. So who is my uncle character? Who do I want to see be kind of a drunk, abusive asshole to Chris, Bratt, Chris Pratt as his contrast? Hmm. Hmm. You can almost get that same age range, then. Yeah. With the way you're working yours. Yeah, basically. Who's who's good and who's funny and who's kind of who's good at playing an intense character? And can be an asshole but charming. Yeah. Who other than, other than Chris Pratt. Other than Chris Pratt, because Pratt's good. Um, who are other leading? Oh, you know what? I would want Bradley Cooper. I could see it. Cooper's like he's handsomer and he's he plays angrier much better. I could see angry Bradley Cooper yelling at um, bumbling Pratt while Karen Gillan is above both of them, telling them both to shut up. While Jenkins, no, while Riley's like everyone calm down, flailing his arms about. All That's right. my family. All right, I got mine. Okay, we're very happy. I'm happy All right. with this. This is good. I would watch that movie. I would watch yours. Yeah, that'd be good. All right, so we did that thing. Yeah. Um. Wrap up on the host then, Ryan. Who? Are, so let's play our um, things. Or play. So, oh, um, did we name this thing with the VCR? Oh, uh, the V. It's just the the bar VCR test. Yeah, the bar VCR test. So, uh, yeah. If this is a. It's a beautiful sunny Sunday afternoon. Your wife is nowhere in sight. She's doing whatever she's doing, and you sit down at the bar. This is playing. I would order a glass of this wonderful wine. That's Actually, outstanding. Mm, maybe not. I'd I'd have an ice cold beer. That's nice. Because they do reference that in the movie. Yeah. I would have an ice cold, shitty beer mm-hmm. and ask that the volume be turned up. Yeah. I would only be happy. And then, you know, after this was over, I would pay my tab, tip heavily, say thank you, and ask them to rewind it so the Start next person coming again. in can uh, enjoy this as well. This is something I would do if it was my bar. I would play this movie on loop 
like endlessly. Yeah. I would like I I think for me it's moot point. I I would just I would jack off in that bar like straight up. Yeah. I would only be happy that this is stuck in. I would be like, are you guys playing the fucking host? I was like, this is the best bar ever. This is the best bar ever. And I'll be it. No yeah. bar plays foreign films. Unless you go to like a, like a ramen shop. Yeah. Did I tell you I went to a ramen shop in Brooklyn and they were playing Seven Samurai? On two different TVs at two different times? What? It was awesome. That's awesome. I was very happy. Did you stay for a while? Everyone else wanted to go. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, it's a shame. You can watch it at home. I always do. Okay. All right, we'll be back with our part two of the show. We may have to hurry it along while I get to work. Yeah, yeah, we got it a little bit. All right, okay, uh, see you in a bit. Dan, right. you got something for us? Hey, everybody, my name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies, too, but the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading hate it i've always hated it every episode covers a different book such as animal farm um i was also making ties with another empire uh-oh um the sith because yep uh, basically it. uh the emperor palpatine was napoleon <laughs> blackwater oh my god this this book is so painful yeah i had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath yeah yeah no i know that's, i know what that's like and truly our... you were in a car that landed in black water yeah i dude i know i fucking killed a woman you like fought this. Uh... <laughs> you... Oh, okay never mind um wrong side do you not like reading books well that's also okay because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes join me your host daniel she's like a pretty intelligent kid because like her reaction to that is like you never read the giver you work in a bookstore and and i and i was like really close to just snapping her just going like listen girl i read a lot of other books okay <laughs> and my co-host gabriel mara who co-hosts sex and violence you love that guy right on air challenge slow readers exclusive slow readers exclusive. can game fit gone girl possess <laughs> Then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one run-in with the police... I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no. Not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk-chugging right-wingers, though. <laughs> milk-chugging. And books. Into the water. Pledged. Feral to arms. The magicians. Wise blood. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence that hot-ass top gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff and then when you're done with that go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck to the throat area and then go ahead and give slow readers a spin go search itunes and search up the name slow readers check us out slow readers comes out every monday you can also check us out on twitter at top gallant radio Hello again, everyone. We're back. We're back. It's me, Gabriel. It's me, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Gabe. How was your break? It was good. Just sitting here, yep. chilling. Watching me fiddle with my phone. Yeah, pretty much. Me and a cat. That's how we do things. Oh, yeah, is she like still it. around? She's still there. She's on the chair. Oh, okay. I don't know where she was. She's being very good now. Yeah. After She's I... playing with my, my laptop wire, so I have to get that out of her way. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Ryan, what did you see this week? Uh, I watched a couple of John Candy movies for some reason. Um... <laughs> They were just randomly on TV, so I watched Uncle Buck, and I sure. watched Cool Runnings. Oh, maybe you'll know this. Danny was telling me, he, he referenced this John Candy movie, I don't know, I didn't bother looking it up yet. He's like, I was watching that John Candy movie, where he, he writes romance books, and then he gets trapped in the world of the romance books. Isn't that the one with freaking Will Ferrell? Oh no, that's a different one. 
Yeah, John, Ken- is... John Kennedy was, was long dead so, by then. No, someone else was, uh, that's like a similar premise. Well, there's no... Someone else is writing, one. it's like... Oh, that's Stranger Than Fiction? That's the one. I love that movie. Okay. I think that movie is really, really great. I think we've talked about this in the podcast. Yeah, it's really, it's one of those movies where I didn't want it to end. Okay. That's how much I love that movie. Um, yeah, I'm not really familiar with the one that he's talking about. Mm. I like my, like, 80s, like, hits of him, like, two I mentioned... Well, the one I mentioned was Planes, like 91. Trains. Planes, Trains, awesome. Great Outdoors is one of my favorite I've movies. I've never seen that one. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Great Outdoors is one of my favorite movies from the 80s. I've never seen that. It's really freaking funny. Toy. Yeah. Okay. There's something good about it. And then um, a whole lot of Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just you just bore down? Well, we'll get to that, Ryan. <laughs> okay. Calm down. Easy does it. Um, and uh, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched Poltergeist last night. Because hmm. saw the DVD sitting on your table. Yeah, I wanted to watch it, so I just had it on his background noise while I was, I was like dicking around on my computer yeah, and looked up when I had the good scenes that I wanted. When mm-hmm. you know, Zelda Rubenstein was coming in playing mm-hmm. Tangina. It was sure, like, I love that actress. <laughs> yeah, and then I was, was I was very very happy to see her in <clears throat> uh in the Leslie Vernon movie. Which movie? Um, behind the mask. Oh, Leslie Vernon. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Forgot and like, that. and I'm like, it's you. I love you. You're She's back. Like, oh, what a wonderful actress. But then I had to read about the, the curse of the movie and everything. Yeah, so that's that's, a, that's interesting. A very, very sad story. Yeah. Apparently, the uh, a series of very <clears throat> sad stories. The the one young lady who played the the eldest daughter and it was, choked by her boyfriend to mm. death. Her dad eventually became like a, uh, like a a crime journalist. Oh, okay. Uh, so it would go to, like, like apparently he was uh, pretty active in, like, reporting on the O.J. Simpson case. Oh. And he was portrayed for a couple episodes in the the People versus O.J. Simpson, apparently. Okay. I didn't watch any more than, like, two or three episodes of that show, so I, was, I didn't get to it. But hmm. Okay. And makes a brief passing mention of his daughter. Oh, all right. <clears throat> so. That is... Do you know that John Candy was in She's Having a Baby? I have that on my shelf, and I still haven't watched that yet. I've heard it's one of John Hughes' best movies yeah i mean I, like that's ali sheedy right i think so and kevin bacon i think so i, I confused that one with the pickup artist for some reason yeah ali sheedy and kevin bacon i gotta see that one no it's elizabeth mcgovern oh okay really what i thought i'd have sworn i was fucking uh ali sheedy the reason i bought it was because i was listening to a uh a, a podcast uh a kevin smith one he was like talking about like hosting some John Hughes memorial thing mm-hmm. and then was talking to the family afterwards and he was saying like how like his favorite of John Hughes movies was She's Having a Baby and the family was like yeah that was actually one of John's favorites. Oh. So I was like oh I should buy this and that was three years ago and I still haven't fucking watched it. Hey I'm if I'm still around we'll palette cleanse some John Hughes action. We could do that. We could yeah. do She's Having a Baby. Yeah. Oh I, did, I forgot to mention that part of why we did the host this week is that even though it doesn't really fit our format is again I plan on leaving soon. Money is tight. But so I thought we would try and tie it back up at least one last round where we were going to do another Korean film. We were going to do another Lone Wolf and mm-hmm. Cub. And then we're going to do another De Palma. Okay. I could do that. Want to do want to do Femme Fatale? Sure. I mean apparently that movie the, the movie's first like 20 minutes is so fucking good it's unreal because it also features some really hot lesbian sex starring Rebecca Romaine. Cool. And then it apparently goes bad. Like really bad. Oh, okay. They're just snake eyes. I love snake eyes. That movie is shit but it's great. And Carla Gugino's in it looking mm. like young like I, I, I apologize to our female listeners but Carla Gugino movie is looking like young and tight. <clears throat> it's like <clears throat> 
legit, mm, she's like... Rebecca Romaine lesbian sex scene. Versus, like, <clears throat> again, she she looks wonderful. Carl Gina, Gina, if she looked at me twice today, I'd die. Yeah. But back in, like, back when Snake Eyes came out, she is just insanely hot in that. I might have to throw my hat towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if 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 it's not <laughs> overdoing it, Daniel also loves that movie. We could drag him in on that. Okay. He loves Snake Eyes. All right. It's such a shitty movie, Ryan. Oh my god. All right. Uh, I'm down. We got we got the limited format that we're doing, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy with it. Okay. I interrupted you. Go on. No, it's fine. I was just gonna ask you what you saw because I'm pretty oh. much done. Okay. Um, so I saw I saw Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, you texted me your review, which I thought was, like, pretty good. Yeah, it, it was a measured and tempered review. Um, Ryan Coogler, <laughs> I think, is an outstanding director. Creed was, like, in my top three when that year came out. I, th- I think Creed's I love that movie. amazing. I fucking love that movie, top to bottom. Coogler's really good. Uh, it's not perfect. Black Panther's not a perfect movie. But it definitely dropped my jaw a few times. Okay. There's some moments where I'm like, holy fuck, that's great. And it's a different, it's a style completely different from what I love about the Russo brothers doing their thing. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing and it's really exciting. Like his long take stuff, fucking rad. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, I always thought was attractive. She's super, super hot in this movie. Like something about her. The little sister character, the cue to Black Panther, amazing character and yeah I've heard it's got some James Bond elements yeah it's fucking cool and (laughs) really Michael B. Jordan the fact that this like this dude is incredible like I I hope I have very very high hopes that this dude's gonna be like the next Denzel that give him a few years when he gets to like his his later years where he can improve his acting drama chops he's gonna be like a contender like forever okay because he's he's and people, most people, like most reviews I've been reading, have agreed with this. He's maybe the best Marvel movie villain. I've heard that like, as well. I, I think that's overselling it a little. So walk in with a little bit lower than that. Okay. I don't know if he's better than Loki, but he's so. Every time he's on the screen, you're like, this guy is so fucking charismatic. And he's a great character, too. Killmonger. Mm-hmm. They make a character named Killmonger great. All right. It's really, really good. And I like. I might see it again tonight just because Danny wants to see it. I haven't seen, hasn't seen it yet. It's well worth two admissions. And it's just... It's it's a Marvel movie with all the shortcomings that it implies. Yeah. But it's really, really fucking good. All right. I'm, I was very, very pleased with it. Even though my movie theater had the brightness all wrong for the first fucking ten minutes. Mm, sad face. I was going to go to the manager and be like, excuse me, you need to fix your projector. This is inappropriate. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want my money back. Just I just want fix to fix the brightness because and man, any of the night scenes it looked horrible uh, I couldn't see jack shit I'm sorry promenade Zach yes this is, this is I blame fault. Zack Snyder it's all <laughs> his fault so I saw that uh shit I've been watching a lot of pole dark like pole dark I got the professor to watch roll bounce one of my favorite movies of all time and she thought she thought it was peachy keen okay she liked it okay she was also falling asleep during it, so that uh, might have been it. Uh, but I think that's a really, really great movie about roller disco. All right. Um, I think that's all we've seen this week. Let's do a really crazy. quick episode of um, one of our favorite segments. Yes. It's called Let's Be, be Frank. Frank. Um, let's Be Frank. Let's Be Frank. Let's Be Frank. Let's Be Frank. Perfect. Okay. 
Let's be frank. Let's watch The Punisher. That's all I got. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. Theme yeah. song. Theme hey. song. So Ryan, um, you sprinted through this fucker apparently. Yeah, Did you finish I, it? No, I didn't finish it. I'm at like episode, I think I only have like three left. Um, How where many are, you? are there? Like 13. Why are there, there, why are there so many episodes, Ryan? I don't know. I think you could have cut like, like five. I think I just watched episode seven. Um, I finished What was the last one. thing that happened? Uh, let's see. Um, Russo killed uh, Morty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the last thing that happened. Okay. So, yeah, that last scene where he's, like, bathing her. Mm. Like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it gets kind of crazy. They do that whole setup to, like, kind of, like, bait this paramilitary team into thinking that Frank Castle is there. And then it all goes fucking south. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to watch more. I think it's a great show. I'm all about it. But Yeah, they're still doing the build-up for the, uh, what's his name, Wilson character. Yeah, I have no idea where that's going. I'm very, very curious. It's It goes to an interesting place. This show is really good. There's, like, I'm continually impressed by it. Yeah, as you should be. I think the next episode is where you get the, the next, like, two or three are, like, very Wilson heavy. Okay. And they're pretty good. The uh, the storyline on that just kind of, like, closed where I'm at. Mm. So it, it, and it's such an interesting way to end it. It's really... Like that, the with all the gun violence shit going on right now, it's interesting. I was watching these episodes at that time, mm-hmm. so put it like that. That's well, the only that's the only hint I can give to you for it. That's why I'm glad that the show goes really out of its way to be all about the harm put to veterans and what is or isn't righteous violence. Because again, the Death Wish trailer played before Black Panther, uh. and that movie look it's like. It's, it should never come out at this point. No. Old white guy buying a gun and going around yeah. and like just killing people. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. Bad timing. Why did yeah. we make it to begin with? Like, my, like, I've only seen the first Death Wish maybe once in the 80s. Not in the 80s. In the 90s. And I remember a lot of that movie is about how tortured and broken Charles Bronson is. Like, there's scenes of Not him how with, cool it is. Not how cool it is. Death, Wash is. Death Wish 1, 1 anyway, is not about how cool Charles Bronson is. It's about how devastating the violence is. And, like, he, uh, spoiler for the original Death Wish, he never finds the people who killed him, who, who assaulted his family. He mm. never finds them. He never finds Goldblum. I think Goldblum's one of them. Oh, really? I think so. Mm. He never finds them. And it just goes about violence. This shitty Eli Roth movie looks like... like I'm glad you took out the back and black thing, but it still looks like a shitty revenge fantasy about the poor middle-class white man who just... like It's it's embarrassing. I know we said it like months ago, but I kind of want to like see it and see it versus the original. Let's do it, and do, Ryan. And I'm do in. Let's shit all over it episode. Let's do it. Ah, oh, god damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, does, like, it just looks so fucking... Tone deaf. Yeah, tone deaf is not even like the right word. It's just like so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mentioned it before about like putting back in black in that trailer. It's yeah. like it is. It appeals to the most lowest common denominator film goer. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing in that trailer that makes me want to see it. And, like his stupid like one liners. Like who's Jack? It's the fucking car Jack. Wow. How long did it take you to write that joke? Um, right. I think I mentioned it before. Instead of doing the original Death Wish, do you want to do Blue Ruin of that one? 
I never saw Blue Ruin. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it either. Blue Ruin is the first film from the director of Green Room. And it's the same premise of Death Wish, except um, Green Room style, where violence is awkward and scary. And kind of like in the kick-ass way, apparently. If you walk into the street and try to pick a fight with a random thug for revenge, you're going to get your ass beat and probably killed. Okay, I'll we'll, so apparently, we'll that. Yeah, if you love Green Room, you'll like Blue Ruin, and it's the same premise as Death Wish. Okay. Apparently. I can do that. Yeah, I think it'll be great. Um, so yeah. And we can um, watch highlights of the original Death Wish. Yeah. Or we can just watch a super cut. Ooh, I spilled crumbs all over it. We can watch a super cut of all the famous Death Wish sequel moments. Yeah. Either way, I'm fine with whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, I guess that wraps up Let's Be Frank. Yeah, I'll watch more. It's really great. I'm very impressed still. Mm-hmm. It's very sensitive storytelling. Which I it think is. I, I, I am positively distressed that you are deeper than I am and still three away from the end. That's agony for me. That I'm, I'm, at, I'm at episode seven or eight. I want this thing to be done These, now. The episodes get better as it goes on. Really? Okay. That's my personal feeling on it. Um, I, I, I was able to pop in like two or three episodes at a clip over like two days. So that's yeah. why I'm like further ahead. Mm-hmm. And it is getting better. The one thing I do want to say is I like how Frank Castle is an, isn't at the same time an ultimate badass. Mm-hmm. You can still have him be an ultimate badass, but still have him be a very human character. Yeah, he's, he's a wounded person. Yeah. And which I like. And, like, Frank Castle's not invincible. Frank Castle can get hurt and does get hurt. Yeah, he gets shot all the time. Which I like. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, like, what's the show you like? That One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, uh, you know, you have you have to write a different character story with doing that kind of character. Oh, yeah. Brian, uh, again, One Punch Man is about um, ennui. Mm-hmm. It's about what happens to you when... Actually, you know, it's so much more than that. I love One Punch Man. It's about heroism, what true heroism is, the perception of the public of what a hero is, what it means to be truly human. Like, it's really fucking fascinating. You open the box there, bub. Sorry, I was just making the point. <laughs> two different characters. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, Frank's not invincible, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. So, that about does it. That about does it. Cool. I think, um, Ryan, so we're doing Lone Wolf and Cub 3 next week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do that. Oh, did you listen to the My Grody Valentine episode of Sean Hayes? <laughs> you know I did because mm-hmm. I texted you late that yes, night. Yes, I did. Uh, Sean has such... I'm so jealous of his voice. He's mm-hmm. such a great podcast voice. I think also, Sean, if you're listening to this, love you. Um, listeners, we're going to be guesting on the whip around soon, which is very exciting. For yeah, us. it should be a good time. Um, but Sean has a wonderful setup that he has. Like He has nice mics and he has a... He has right acoustics. I think Ryan, you have a very you have an excellent radio voice. It's just that our acoustics in here aren't ideal. Yeah, it's a good if point. If we were in a basement and if sound absorbing curtains and a good microphone up pointed at your face with a pop filter, you'd sound glorious. Ah, damn it. Well, you're gonna move to California and I'm gonna move into a place that has a basement. Yeah. And that'll just infuriate me to no end. Mm-hmm. Like, damn it. Plug. Uh plug. You can find me on uh, the Instagram at Tango Like Cash posting pictures of cocktails i'm gonna be doing that quite frequently mm-hmm. uh, from here on out just because you and i both Apply. are trying, applied to a bartender summer camp that we're trying to get doing into. that right yeah they they want all your social media stuff so it's good to take pictures of shit i don't do anymore that's fine just look through your like do you want me to my, send my greatest hits do you want me to send you pictures of your drinks yeah if you have them all right if uh if i start making some of your drinks tonight i'll <laughs> sure I have to tell you, every time your uh, one drink comes up, we all do say, fuck you, Gabe. Oh, yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. That's why I made a cheater bottle for it. Oh, the bay? You did? Mm-hmm. Ah, damn it. 
Yeah, it's just it's really easy. Just make a cheater model. I know. I, I'm, I got it down now, so mm. I can get it out in like under 60 seconds. But the name like is the, so clever, the, though. I know, and that's <laughs> part of the what's in a name, and, and it's a delicious rum mm-hmm. drink. So yep. It tastes good, but it's a pain in the ass to make. Yeah, so sorry. Funny. Yeah. Uh, plugs. Yes. Oh, don't forget, I'm Tyler. Oh, yes, uh, uh, Mr. Tyler Martis. Uh, T underscore Martis. Yep, M-A-R-T-I-S. He's designing the custom poster for us. Um I think we're going to do it for episode 50, so make sure that you email us at sexandviolencepod at gmail.com. Get your entries in now. We're going to be giving away the uh, Custom Warriors poster. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be, we said there was only going to be one of them in the world, but I believe he's going to give us three, and we're going to be kind of gifting one to our other like, podcasting friends so they can give it to their, their audience. But yeah, yeah. we have one of the three, and it's only one of three that will be in the entire world. Mm-hmm. So send a message to us on Gmail and uh, get your entry in. It is a beautiful poster, guys. Like, really, um, I'm going to keep on posting pictures of it. You can also message me at sexandviolencepod on Instagram to also enter that way. I'm going to repost his latest picture of it and uh, just really just start going all out for it. We want to hear from you people. If you want to say anything, say anything to us, make a recommendation. We want to hear it. Yeah, I think we're going to have Tyler Martis on for the uh, the Warriors episode. We'll do it. Oh, so. exciting. It'll be fun. Yeah. Also, please listen to Slow Readers, the other Top Gun radio production. We're working on some more soups right now, but as soon as it's tricky time, etc. But it's a show where Daniel, William, Michael, and I discuss literature and nothing else. Only literature ever. Ryan's been on it a few times and he can Only literature. Only no, literature. No tangents or anything. Yeah, not once. No games or anything. Oh, Ryan, I don't know if you've listened to the most recent episodes of Slow Readers, but we started a new game. I don't know if you want to be part of it. What's the game? The game is called the Alan Smithy Game. Okay. I invented this game with Ibrahim, a friend of the show, a couple of years ago. Do you have to disown your work? Hmm? Do you have to disown your work? No, that's a fun thing. Oh. So, um, listen to our show. It's called Slow Readers, where we play this game at the end of every episode. And next time you appear, Ryan, um, we'll do it with you. So, the basic idea is, uh, I give you five minutes to tell me an entire movie of your own creation. Okay. So, I would give you a cast a genre, a location, and a budget. Okay. Some of these things are still up for debate. We're trying to figure out what's the best way to do and this And you got to do it on the fly? On the fly, timed, five minutes. Tell me your entire movie, scene by scene. Okay. And I get to throw in wrenches in the production. Like, for example, say, um, I want you to make a period piece action film starring Kate Winslet and um, Richard Jenkins and uh, Oprah Winfrey. Okay. Your budget is only $20 million and your location is uh, Colonial Williamsburg. Okay. So I would give that to you, and then five minutes start. You start, you tell me your story, and then multiple times, I haven't even discussed on how many, I think it's three only, I'd say, wrench. Oprah doesn't like her part. Now she has to play two characters in the movie, dual role. Okay. And you do the entire movie, and I throw production wrenches in. If you fail to tell me your entire movie in five minutes, I Alan Smithy you, you're fired from the movie, and I ruin your entire movie for shit ending, and I get to name it. Okay. If you win, you name your own movie, and we pretend it's success. The point is, it always has to be a movie you would want to see. Okay. That you so you can't deliberately make a shitty movie. It has to be a movie that even if it is shitty, it has to be something you would enjoy. Okay. And who votes on it? You and uh, 
Homeboy. I think we're going to try and make an entire new podcast based on this game. Okay, fun. But right now we're just playing against each other, me and Daniel. All right, that sounds fun. So listeners, if you like that idea, listen up to Slow Readers. It's a fun show. We recently added show notes, like we'll be doing for this show. Oh, cool. So you can skip ahead to the scenes you want to hear about. Awesome. Word. So that's it. Yeah, that's about it. I guess we'll see you next week for Lone Wolf and Cub 3, subtitle to be determined. Yeah. yeah. So, bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasts and content, go to topgauntradio.com.